In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. During the Holy Great Fast, usually we chant a long hymn called Migalu. And this hymn speaks about the great high priest. And the true priest who intercedes on behalf of us is our Lord Jesus Christ. He intercedes with his blood before the Father. But also as our high priest, he always, always actually searched for the salvation of humankind. And he always searched for the lost sheep. And we see the Lord Jesus Christ as our high priest who came to restore us to his love restore us to repentance, to redeem us, to give us the eternal life. So indeed, he is also like a physician who came to heal the humanity from the sickness of sin. And as a wise physician, he knows what each soul needs. That's why he used a different way with each soul, based on the needs of this soul. But definitely, he searched for each soul, seeking its return to the divine bosom. For example, with Adam, after Adam and Eve committed their sin and disobeyed God, God actually started to search for Adam. And he told him, where are you? And this question encouraged Adam to confess his sin. When Adam said, I heard your voice, in the garden and I was afraid and because I am naked I am ashamed and here the dialogue started so here the Lord as a wise physician start to ask Adam certain question in order for Adam to confess his sin he told him who told you that you are naked did you eat from the forbidden tree and gradually Adam and then Eve confessed their sins even with people who will not return, who will not repent, but God also searched for them. Cain, for example, after he killed Abel, God did not give up on him, although in his foreknowledge, he knew that Cain will not repent. But he went to Cain and told him, where is your brother? And then he told him, Are, is your anger justified? When he saw Cain very angry, he told him, is your anger justified? The voice of the blood of your brother is crying to me. And he told him, if you do well, you will be forgiven. But if you don't do well, there is a sin lying in wait for you. So the Lord even tried to search for Cain before killing Abel and after. Before, in order to prevent him from this sin, he warned him. And after he killed his brother, actually he also searched for Cain to encourage him to repent. But unfortunately, Cain did not benefit from the searching of God. As a father, he searched for every soul. So when we say in Psalm 50, that you are justified in your saying and overcome if you are judged, meaning no one in the last day, in the day of judgment, will dare to say to God, you did not search for me. You did not give me opportunity to repent. No one can accuse God of this. And today, 
with the Samaritan woman. She doesn't know anything about him, but he went to her. He started dialogue with her. And it's clear this was not the style of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why St. John wrote to us that his disciples, when they returned, they were surprised that he is talking with a woman. But he started dialogue with her. And gradually, he revealed himself to her. At first, she perceived him as an enemy. Then she questioned him, are you greater than our father Jacob? Then she told him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Then she spoke about the Messiah, and the Lord told her, I am he. Last week, with the prodigal son, we, do, we did not see the Lord went to the prodigal son, the father went to the prodigal son, because as a wise physician, he knew that dialogue and going to him will not benefit him. But the Lord used with the prodigal son another method. When he made him suffer from his actions, he made him hungry and no one gave him any support or any money or any food. And this actually made the prodigal son to think about his condition now and to compare his condition with the condition in his father's house. And he decided to return back. With the sinful woman in the house of Simeon the Pharisee, everyone was judging her. But the Lord, with his compassion, he encouraged her. And he actually proclaimed in front of everybody that her many sins are forgiven. That's why she loved him. And she cried with tears at his feet. And she knelt forgiveness and salvation. She knew that he is the Messiah because of his forgiveness, because of his compassion, because how he dealt with her was kindness. With another woman, the Canaanite woman, who was a Gentile, and she was living in corruption, worshiping idols. So as in medicine, there is what we call shock therapy. So the Lord actually used the shock therapy with her. When he told her it is not good to take the food of the children and give it to the dogs, he didn't want to insult her definitely, but he wanted to shock her, to tell her that worshiping idols and living in the defilement of the world will actually will make you like animals who are living in uncleanness. And before healing his, her daughter, he healed her from her sin and living as a Gentile. So the Lord actually put like a mirror in front of her to realize the magnitude of the uncleanness of worshiping idols in order to repent and return back to him. Philip, one of his disciples, when he saw the multitude, 5,000 men beside women and children, and how actually they can feed all of them, so the Lord asked him uh, to go and buy food. And, and Philip made calculation and said, we cannot actually provide food for these people. 200 of denarii are not enough just to give them bread only. Then here the sickness was sickness of lack of faith. And when the Lord fed the multitude from five loaves and two fish, and there were 12 baskets left over, he healed Philip from his lack of faith. Next week, we will see the paralytic man who does not think about anything except his illness, who will actually push him to the pool after the angel stirred the water. So at the beginning, he cannot speak to him about his spiritual life. He will be deaf 
to such talk. That's why the Lord used another method with him. First, he healed him. And after he healed him, he told him, sin no more. After he satisfied the needs of the body, then he gave him the spiritual advice, sin no more with a warning, lest you suffer worse things. In all these examples, we see how the Lord Jesus Christ is dealing with each one according to his needs. But on the opposite, we, the sinners, when we deal with our Lord Jesus Christ, when the Lord pierces our heart, many of us repent, but unfortunately, many of us, they refuse to repent. And in order to avoid the confrontation with the light of Christ, and in order to continue in the darkness of sin, because as St. John said, they did not love the light, because the light will expose their sins. That's why some of us, we create excuses, invent excuses to justify our sinfulness. And the Samaritan woman at the beginning, she tried to create or to invent some excuses. The Lord told her, give me a drink. That's all what he asked her. And it was actually very simple to give him some water. And that's it. But she started to question him. How you ask me for a drink? You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. And there is no dealing between the Jews and Samaritan. Many times actually we believe that God doesn't want to talk with us. The Samaritans, because they rebelled against the Jews. So they knew that the Jews don't want to deal with them. The Jews did not want to deal with the Samaritans. In the same way, Satan tried to convince us that because of my sinfulness, God doesn't want to deal with me. So I stop praying, I stop fasting, I stop reading the scripture, I stop going to the church. And we forget that the Lord said, I did not come to call righteous to repentance, but to call sinners. He said also, the whole do not need a physician, but the sick. And when the Lord told her about the living water, if you know who him who is talking to you, you would ask him and he would give you living water. She asked him, how come the well is deep and you don't have anything actually to draw water from the well? And many people actually, they perceive that God is incapable of solving their problem. We see that God can solve some issues that are easy, but difficult issues, no, God cannot solve them. Like in the story of Mary and Martha, Mary and Martha said to the Lord, if you were here, our brother would not have died. But now he is dead. He has been in the tomb for four days. There is a stench. So the message here, yes, we know that you can heal him from his illness, but you cannot raise him from dead. So they don't perceive God as all-powerful, omnipotent, can do anything. Sometimes we claim that God can do certain things, but other things he cannot do. He can heal Lazarus, but he cannot raise him from the dead. So the Samaritan woman also perceived the Lord Jesus Christ in the same way. Since the will is very deep and he has nothing to draw with, then how he can give her what? And when the Lord spoke more about the living water, she challenged the Lord Jesus Christ and told him, give me from this water. Why? That I don't have to come here. So she spoke about physical water. And many of us, when we ask from God to give us something, we focus on material and physical gifts. Although the Lord told us, seek first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these material things will be added to you. Instead of asking spiritual gifts from God, we ask like this lady from for material things. And finally, she asked him about the place of worship. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you worship in Jerusalem, which is right. But the Lord told her two things. Number one, where we worship is not important, but do we know whom we worship? He told her, we know whom we worship, but you don't know. And the second thing, the method of worship. I mean, when the Lord told her, the true worshipers worship God in truth and spirit. Sometimes our argument is about application, not about the principle. The principles we cannot change, but application can be changed. For example, prayer is a principle. We cannot say we don't need to pray. But how to pray and when to pray and how many hours to pray, that's application. It can differ from one church to another. Fasting is a principle. We need to fast. But how we fast, it's different from one church to another. Many arguments are about the application, not the principle. For example, you get an argument why we fast 55 days. That is the same argument of the Samaritan woman. Our father worship here. And you say worship in Jerusalem, which is right. Why we fast 55 days, other denomination fast 40. Why? This is actually, this conversation is not fruitful. That's why the Lord did not pay attention to this question. But he told her, let us focus on the principle. Do you know whom you worship? We know whom we are worshiping. So do you know your faith? Do you know your doctrine? Do you know the teaching of the church? That's number one. And then how you worship God in spirit and truth. You worship him from your heart, not with your mouth, not with your lips, but worship him from your heart. That God is seeking such worshipers. But at the end, she was captured by his love. She was captured by his kindness and gentleness. She was captured by his long suffering. And then she did not only repent and believed in him, but she turned it to be an evangelist. She went and preached her city. Come and see, a man told me everything that I have done. At the beginning, she was ashamed to meet people. She was embarrassed. She was avoiding everyone. Usually people, when they go to draw water, they go early in the morning or at evening when there is no heat, the weather is good. But this woman went to draw water at 12 noon in the sixth hour because she wanted to avoid everyone. But after the Lord touched and pierced her heart, she turned it to be an evangelist. She went to the city. She went to the people whom she avoided before, telling them, come and see. A man told me everything I have done. Could this be the Messiah? And then the people went to see the Lord Jesus Christ and invited him to stay with them for two more days. And he stayed with them. Then at the end, they told him, we did not believe because of the words of the woman, but because what we have seen and what we have heard. They came into this experiential life with the Lord Jesus Christ. And they told him, now we say you are the Christ, the Savior of the whole world. So God is searching for you. God is searching for each one of us. 
Are we going actually to respond to his knocking on our heart like the Samaritan woman, like Adam, like Philip, like the Canaanite woman, the sinful woman in the house, the Pharisee? Or we are going to do like the Cain, unlike the paralytic woman at uh, the pool of Hazda? Which way we are actually going to follow? Are you going to let the Lord transform and change your heart and then you will turn to be evangelist to go and tell others about the Lord to invite others to believe in the Lord or you are going to dwell on your own ways and find excuses and avoid the confrontation with the light of Christ let's ask and pray the Lord to touch our heart to transform our heart and let us be ready to accept him in our life as our king, as our savior, as our father, as our physician. We trust him and we surrender to him to heal us from the illness of sin. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.